What's up, guys? This is your host, Aya Carr, and this is the multidimensional journey. Today, I am interviewing my own powerlifting coach. Today, we're going to dive deep about the psychology behind a powerlifter and the coach who stands behind the best of the best. We have our guest here, Aaron. Duragion. I don't even know how to say his last name, but he's going to pronounce it for you later. I'm really excited to have this discussion and let's get to it. All right, guys, and here we are. We're here with Aaron Dino. He'll pronounce his last name. And Aaron, just tell us a little bit about your background and maybe just start off with what even gave you the crazy idea to go into coaching, athletic coaching? Um, you know, it's a good question. It's actually the second time I've been asked today about how I got into this. Uh, you and I have spoken about it before, um, about how I landed into coaching, but I played sports my whole life. And I played football, track and field, basketball, baseball, you name it. And after football ended, I went through this sort of identity crisis period. Pretty hard, pretty hard. Um, and I sort of landed and attached onto powerlifting. And I sort of went through this process again and had to unlearn sort of attaching my identity to sport, especially after my back injury. But I started coaching at 18 years old, started coaching football, got into powerlifting, started coaching powerlifting at eh, probably about 22. Um, my first degree was in fire science. So I was a firefighter, um, worked in that field for a while, applied everywhere, um, before I digress more into the story, how much swearing would you like? Oh, us? more swearing the oh, better, Aaron. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Good. Swearing Scale is a love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lover. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I studied fire science. Um, I had one. I worked part-time. I had one full-time offer in Charleston. And I love the city of Charleston. But, you know, the full-time pay was like $11 an hour. Mm -hmm. And I was already with my wife at that point. So I couldn't move her from Tucson to the other side of the country for $11 an hour. Right. Um, so I decided to go back to school, got my bachelor's in business. One of the common things among this whole period of time is, is one, coaching was the only job I ever had that I liked. Right. Easily, far and away. I sucked at every other job I'd had. Bad, 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 bad. And every time I was supposed to be studying, I've always been a really good um, test taker. I've been very good at the traditional school model of sitting in front of a teacher, um, barely having to study. Uh, so I sort of s skated through school without much of a problem, and I just dicked around all the time. Every time I was supposed to be studying and doing homework, I was on online forums or reading articles, trying out new programs. I, I seriously, it drove my parents absolutely crazy. Uh, but yeah, after a while of doing that and getting my degree, and you know, by the time I finished my degree, I'd already started in the fitness industry, and it was like, well, I've already developed relationships and sort of a community here this is going to be the best thing for me and i know i'm going to go into another field and just like fire i'm going to dick around and do more fitness stuff so <laughs> so that's how i landed where i am 
Awesome. You know, and actually, I didn't know about the bachelor's in business. So oh, that's yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, you're yeah. multi, you're like kind of like a jack of all trades like me. So yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Um, so the name of the podcast today is kind of like wanting to get into the psychology of an athlete. Sure. Um, and, you know, we're talking anywhere from people who are just beginners, mm. intermediate, and the more advanced. Right. Um, and... I was just curious, like, to you, because you've worked with all different types of levels. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, what's, what is, like, you know, one thing or the three top things or something that you notice across the board mm-hmm. that someone needs internally uh, to even, mm. you know, because you can't just take anyone off the street and be to like. To be good at it? Well, there's being good at something, right? right? Yeah, but then there's difference. actually, and then there's putting in the work. Right, right, right. So, I don't know, like, just maybe something you've noticed across the board with athletes that you've worked with. Um, we could start uh, with, but to be good. To, to be, be good, good, what does the intrinsic motivation need to be? Um, you know, it's funny. I was just listening to somebody else talk about this yesterday, and a great powerlifting coach, uh, Matt Wenning, had this really good quote. And he was talking about good lifters and how he could identify a good lifter. And he said, you know, programming is really to keep people from breaking themselves. If I have to push somebody to drive themselves harder, they're not going to be any good. And so to your credit, to Sarai's credit, I never have to push her to work harder. (laughs) I have to rein back the leashes, you know. (laughs) But that's what good athletes are like. They need to be uh, pulled back rather than pushed forward. Um, Good athletes have... In a lot of cases, almost a blissful ignorance of some of the physiological things. And so speaking of, of psychology, you know, there's so many great athletes. And often it was coupled with great genetics or circumstance that still allowed them to be good despite maybe poor coaching or programming or environment or what have you. But their psychology, they were just blissfully ignorant right. of all the other factors. So they had blinders on and they were all in. You know, but as far as beginners and you could really go back to why we, why everybody does sports. You know, when sports started, it was sort of this form of escapism for everybody. But, you know, particularly probably the the 20th century, it became sort of this common thing for youth, for kids. And it was this very popular thing. Okay, parents put their kids in team sports, especially team sports. And that's a whole nother issue. I love team sports, but I think we need to revisit that. Um, But the idea was that we would use these sports as a means to an end, that we would, that kids would learn lessons through sports and be able to extrapolate that to the rest of their life. So I think, especially starting kids young, they have, they're just active. They don't know. They just want to play. But parents and adults or adults getting into sports realize there are lessons to be learned here. Mm -hmm. Right. You know. Interesting. Powerlifting is kind of coming from a, a different spot right now. It's had this huge renaissance in the last 10 years, really. Um, and we could probably credit CrossFit. New message from go four go seven three three. You can say read, ignore, or exit. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Oh, my gosh. Right. Yeah. Um. The other thing that's been huge for powerlifting, and really adult sports have really blossomed in the Mm -hmm. last 10 years. Um, Things have become more accessible. Powerlifting is great. It's a low barrier to entry, very low barrier to entry. And it's, particularly with women, it's 
it's providing an avenue for competition while also emphasizing fitness, which we've all beaten to death as this great thing that everybody's supposed to do, and, and you should. But powerlifting is a way to go about it where we're judged on our performance and sort of the results derived from consistency over time. Contrary to the message that we have to look like something or be like something. Right. So that's been mega popular. Right, right. I mean, the first time I competed, the first couple of years I competed, there wasn't a woman at right. any of the meets. Right. You know, And now it's 50-50. And the skyrocketing nature of, of records being broken and all these great things, it's really on the woman's side. Yeah. Even at the high school, you know, where I coach, boys' sports participation is falling. Girls' sports participation is still increasing, right. which is great because yeah. kids are less active right now. Great. So the fact that it's increasing at all is good. So couple things um, need like a... Um, Ignorance is bliss mentality, yeah. and then a really good coach to be like, hey, bro, slow down. Coaching helps, and it's we're all very thankful in the industry that powerlifting is, is big right now. And, mm -hmm. you know, my bodybuilding friends will echo similar statements as will weightlifting. Right. Um, maybe CrossFit to an extent, and Strongman to a much lesser extent. But it's great. There's more money in the industry. There's a deeper talent pool. But... Partly due to the popularity of it, partly due to a huge aspect of right. social media, people are skipping steps. Coaching is really, really important. You know, you go back in time, 10, 20, 30 years, nobody was getting into this without being a coach for a long right. time. For, they weren't getting into coaching without competing and doing the sport for a long time. And I feel like one big aspect that's missed, and one thing I'm trying to do this time around with my own training, mm -hmm. and you can attest to this, you don't see much of my training on social media. Right. It's a part of the, it. There's multiple reasons for that. One is is the result side of things, and the other is the enjoyment side of things. It's my journey. I'm keeping sort of my blinders on so that it's this is my thing. I'm right. doing this to be better for me because right. I enjoy the process. And I want to be better. But so many parts of of all this journey for people are being manipulated subtly or not so subtly right. by social media sure. and expectations and desire to be good right now. Not 10 years from now, right, right. but right now. Right, right. So, you know, I think, like you said, having a coach is really important. It is really important. And not enough people have it or have guidance or have a long enough view of what this is supposed to be. Right. Powerlifting is a great sport for it. Strength holds on a lot longer in our population than any other uh, physical trait. You know, football players, the luckiest and the best get to retire in their mid-30s. In powerlifting, many world records, most world records are broken in their late 30s, early 40s. Even some people have broken world records in their 50s. Mm -hmm. you know, world record squat in the 93 kilo class. David Riggs, like, almost 800 pounds, and right. he was like 50. Yeah. You know, because it's it's a game of attrition. It's like accumulating wealth. Yes. Don't get injured. Don't lose money. Don't get injured. Just keep building consistently, little by little, over time. Perfect that process, emphasize the process, and the results will be there down the road. So I'm really glad you brought this up. There's there's a lot of things that you're saying today. I'm like, ooh, I want to talk about that. I want to yeah. talk about that. But um, so I come from bodybuilding, mm -hmm. and I transferred over into powerlifting. Yeah. Um, and Aaron had to make a lot of adjustments with my behavior in the beginning. Behavior, yeah. Um, because I did want to go balls to the wall all yeah. the time. Yeah. And I saw with, um, I mean, I, I probably wasn't 
aware enough when I was in my bodybuilding right, yeah. to um, notice how that would just suck. Yeah. You know, the strength for me because it's very um, aesthetically driven. You're yeah. chasing this whole different other goal. But with powerlifting, um, you'll pay for it really, really quickly. Yeah. And you'll know time. that. Big time. And that's why it's so good to have a coach, yeah. right? Because then they program you accordingly. Yeah. And um, but it's, I mean, and really powerlifting is this kind of this rabbit hole for behavior modification absolutely, absolutely. that gives you this training, not just like physically, but yeah, mentally mental, too, for sure. that can be translated. What I've learned. Extrapolated. Totally. Totally. Cause you mentioned finances or yeah, anything else. Right. You can extrapolate everywhere. Yep. And this is what I was sort of touching on when I mentioned team sports versus individual sports, mm-hmm. you know, I've been in football since I was five years old. I coach kids still, you know, at the high school, uh, and for a long time we were preaching team sport, team sport, team sport, and team sports are fantastic, but you know, in the older generation, we'll look at millennials and say, they're not responsible. They're not accountable. They're not this or not this or not that, uh, individual sports are a really good remedy to that. that I right. find myself advocating more mm-hmm. because, you know, if you're not genetically elite, it's going to take a while for you to be good at it. Right. You, you can extrapolate so many things from individual sports. One, there's nobody to blame but yourself. You know, if you're running the 100 meter dash and you haven't been training real hard lately and you get beat, you can't blame your teammate. Right. There's nothing you can do about it. Right. Also, your progress is really, really slow, especially in these one trait sports right. like strength or speed you know in in things like wrestling you know you have mm-hmm. multiple you could be a great technician you could be really strong you could be really fast um but with powerlifting or with sprinting or with throwing you can only improve that right. quality so much so it forces you to 100% maximize everything else right you know so you have to be better about sleep to get to increase those margins right of progress uh, but these individual sports are just really good. Like you said, they're great behavior models that you can extrapolate everywhere else in your life. Right. So you were kind of talking about something, um, you know, and when it comes to performing in the mm. moment yeah. as far as in the gym right. and then the performance you do outside of the gym, which right. maybe maybe does or maybe doesn't get talked about enough. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some maybe your top things that you would recommend for as far as th- not competition but things outside the gym that you need yeah to like recovery wise recovery yeah absolutely um number one and all be all it's going to be sleep it's got to be sleep mm-hmm. um you know and again these things sort of evolve organically along your journey if you're going through it with your eyes open right. and you're not spending all night scrolling through instagram right, right. you know do as I say, not as I do, because sometimes I, I'm bad about that, but I'm always wrestling with that relationship with social media. Right, right. Uh, but sleep is super, super important. A lot of people want to pretend that they can get away with uh, five, six, seven hours of sleep. Seven hours is going to be the worst that I shoot for. And some nights, Tuesdays and Thursdays, right. you know, I'm not able to do that. But right. ideally, and you listen to any great power lifter that's done it at a very high level for a long time. They're getting more than eight hours of sleep. Yeah. You know, so trying to maximize that. So sleep is number one. Um, Being intentional about all these things is going to be really important too. We talk about sleep, but we'll talk about diet. Um, And then we'll talk about these 1% things. But it's one thing to pay it lip service and to talk about it or to go through the motions doing it. It's another thing to be very intentional and have your, your head screwed on straight while you're trying to do these things. You know, so I could say sleep for nine hours and people can lay in bed for nine hours. 
But if they're staring at their phone for the first hour, right, right. Um, if they were writing emails or, you know, talking on the phone the minute before they, their head hit the pillow, right. you know, so sleep hygiene is going to be important because you just have to maximize what you're getting out of your sleep. So sleep hygiene is really important. That could be, you know, um, taking away all the blue light stuff, computers, phones, um, that. mentally you know you got to take accountability <laughs> right. over your thoughts as well and that right. that is across the board with right. all sports you can't just accept the fact that your thoughts are your thoughts you right. have to take some ownership and some control over you know i'm going to be a positive person i have to have positive thoughts and a little bit of it is fake it till you make it right, right. with that because at first you're going to feel like a fraud telling yourself everything's great you know but after a while it becomes you yeah. know more organic and more automatic um but mentally unwinding before bed and being really intentional about that. Right. Um, and then falling asleep and trying to get the highest quality of sleep you can get. Um, and then, of course, there's diet, which is going to be different for everybody. You know, we have, we've talked about things with diet a lot, a lot, a lot. Calories is going to be the number one be-all, end-all. But, you know, quality matters. Mm-hmm. Getting mostly whole foods you know, where you draw the line between uh, living life and, and, you know, going and trying new things and staying on, you know, the straight and narrow is going to depend on where you are um, with competition or how or where the sport is going to fit within your life. You know, is this a number one priority or is this a number three or four priority? Right, right. And there's nothing wrong with it being a number three or four priority, you know. Um, I got a family that's got to come first. You know, I have athletes that come before my own training now. So it's, it's, I'll say that, you know, training for me is, is probably third. Right. Um, so drawing the line there between, you know, my wife wants to go out on a date Saturday. The priority is enjoying my time and being present with my wife. Right. And secondary to that right, would right. be, you know, calories. So I might draw the line a little, you know, a little further up that week on, I'm going to try to hit my calories, but more of the food that I would like is going to come from processed foods or fast food or whatever. Sure, sure. And that's fine, you know, but as long as you're aware of the trade-offs you're making. Right. Um, so sleep, diet, hydration is really important. Yes. We're in Tucson, Arizona. It's finally getting warmer. Right, right. <laughs> so it's going to get really, really important. Mm-hmm. Um, so making sure you're drinking enough water. Sometimes that means drinking more water than you would like to and making yourself a little uncomfortable. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. right. There's a lot of things about powerlifting that are not comfortable. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this whole process is interesting. I was thinking about this last night as I was taking a contrast shower, which I absolutely fucking hate doing. I hate, hate cold water. Right, right. I cannot overstate enough I did one of those hate. last night, too. I hate cold water so much. But there's something cathartic about the experience of doing something you're dreading doing. I, you don't want to do it, but you make yourself do it anyway. Right. You know. Um, and it's something we, we wrestle with with a lot of our high school age kids. And, you know, and but this whole generation society as a whole all the time is the difference between happiness and joy and satisfaction and fulfillment right, you know right. it's satisfying and fulfilling to do hard things that are for your benefit and reaping the rewards of that later down the road right, right. you know um there's a lot of that in sports yes there's a lot absolutely, of that in sports absolutely <laughs> i hate stretching yeah, yeah i hate stretching right but it's so important for me to stay healthy um and to get good training in without re-injuring my back mm-hmm. you know the mobility flexibility the cold water stuff yes not eating pizza four times a day these things are really important and there's a i'm doing a lot of stuff i don't want to do right right eating your metaphorical vegetables yes yes okay i mean 
<laughs> so what 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 you're saying, Aaron, is so I noticed how you said being intentional, but yeah. really food, sleep, mm -hmm. mindset, taking care of your body. Yeah. Um, these are all the things that take up a lot of energy. Yeah. But in the end, they're really going to give you the results you want. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. But like you said, intention. Intention is everything. And I've talked to many of my athletes about this, depending on where they're coming from, um, you know, because cues and information is so pertinent to the information. And you're just trying to move people in one direction or another by pulling from extremes. But understanding the intent of what we're trying to do at any one point in time. Another really big thing that I was, I was intuitively good at when I was in, in sort of the, the peak of my powerlifting you know, years mm -hmm. was part of it was being a fucking lazy ass, but <laughs> like everything revolved around training. And this is as I'm going through school mm -hmm. and like firefighting and stuff. Like I mentioned, I dicked around a lot. Right. Like I would sleep in as late as possible. And if I wasn't working, that could be late. That could be like 10 a.m. Right. Um, I was in a caloric surplus, so training felt great all the time. Right. Caffeine was through the roof. Um, <laughs> I was mentally prepared all the time to lift because it was the only thing I thought about right right you know and so take that for what you will when you have other priorities in life but mentally preparing yourself and visualization is really really important and then going through training being intentional about what you're trying to do and being present right right yes and then as soon as training was over like I was shut down like I was emotionally drained to the point where it was like which facilitate something more important. I was emotionally drained so much that it let me relax. Being intentional about relaxing is right, really right. important. And it's something I talk to every single one of my clients about. Right. General population, football players, power lifters, you name it. Everybody's really bad at relaxing. Right. Everybody's really bad at turning things off. Um, and it's easier said than done. I, I can completely sympathize because there are days where I'm bad at it. But as I'm getting back into the swing of things, being very intentional about training's done. Like even if I have clients again later in the day for like half an hour, I'm going to listen to music, maybe shoot the shit with my friends or any of my coworkers, but I'm going to try not to lift a finger. Right, I'm right. going to be mentally relaxed. I'm not going to think about, you know, bills, programming, anything. Right, right. Compartmentalization is really important for right. athletes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you mentioned, um, I've noticed, I mean, in general too, um, being present and in the moment and I'm learning how on, to, yeah. um, to relax. And right now, actually the main theme here on the multidimensional journey mm. is our mindfulness program. Yeah. And something that, um, originally attracted yeah. me to you as a coach was your ability to understand the central nervous system. Yeah. And, uh. I've noticed when I'm super chatty in mm -hmm. my head mm -hmm. and I'm lifting, yeah. it's really poor quality and the yeah. video shows, Same. you know, and then I notice when I intentionally choose to be in that moment, Very to present. be in my body yeah. and it's like, let's do this. Yeah. Right. And it all, you know, it all just depends on, um, what's happening. If I got enough sleep that day and all these things add up over time, um, but there's been, there's been plenty of times where I've been stressed the fuck out and yeah. I'm still lifting. So there is, there's a, um, uh, an attitude of like, yeah. Hey, I'm still going to show up. I'm still going to do gonna my do best. Yeah. You know, yeah, some but, days you have to pay a dollar to get you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. 25 cents in return because uh, the alternative is worse. Yes. The alternative is worse. Yes. But you know, and that can tie into something you mentioned with, uh, on the break about how much sleep you need. Mm-hmm. 
being present is really, really important, and it's something that we're so much worse at now. Like every, every and this is this expands beyond powerlifting, mm-hmm. but everything we do, like, and you could use food as an example. Everything tastes less rich when you're only half there. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? Yes. Your family experiences, your time with your friends, uh, your athletic pursuits and journey, uh, even how much you enjoy work. You know, if you really throw yourself into it and immerse yourself in it Mm -hmm. i find you know being in your craft is a really enjoyable experience but uh it's something that it's one of the weaknesses right now of this sort of social media age which has been fantastic to the bottom line of fitness right but the quality and the enjoyment derived the enjoyment derived and the end result yeah has been worse yeah you know take it back like when i first started lifting I didn't get probably Instagram. I could probably scroll back, probably 2016. Right. Uh, before that, like, lifting was just 100% for me. Right. Was, and I wanted, don't get me wrong, like, the journey was for me. Competition was to win. Right, right. And that's not how it is for everybody, but right. I love to compete. Uh, but being in the gym every day, and like we've spoken about with identity, this thing is for me. Right, right. You know, this is for, I'm not doing it for anybody else. I'm not doing this to look a certain way. My numbers are for me. The right. process is to get better, and totally. competition is to win. Which right, right. You, know, you can separate that, compartmentalize that for you. You know, if that's not a priority, but right. it was much easier to be present, and that that present state of mind led to higher quality lifting, led to bigger numbers. You know, so there was sort of a, and you can look at sort of the all time world records and all these numbers, and there was sort of a a flat line between 2000 and 2010, but there was some insanely high quality lifting in the seventies, eighties, nineties that, you know, we're only now sort of re-scratching the surface, but great lifters and great athletes in general are able to put their blinders on and to keep the, and to be present. Right. And so much of it's going to be genetics and mindset and upbringing. And, you know, for some of the rest of us whose, you know, gears are always turning, we have a hard time turning things off. It has right. to be more intentional fight to, to right. get back there but uh that goes back to what you were saying on the break about like i need nine hours of sleep and you're 100 right i've noticed that about you you do need like nine hours of sleep plus but those things evolve organically over time when you have your blinders on right you know when you live in this day and age social media where you're constantly getting different messages well-intentioned messages they, they lead you to believe that you need to be over here versus over here. Sure, or sure. over here versus over here. Right. You know, so I just dieted, you know, for, I'm in maintenance phase right now, but I was dieting from Thanksgiving till about a week ago. Right. And I went from 213 to 187. Holy crap. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, I, I'd like to lift in that 83 kilo class. Right, right. Year. But um, for... For a while, no, I had coaching help with this. Right. You know, a diet's definitely, it's something secondary in my coaching for lifters because mm-hmm. it's not a priority like it is for bodybuilders. Right. Um, but I always thought, and part of this is based on the messages you get and, and all the different media you consume. I just thought that my macro should be about here. Right, right. And my, my calories should be about here. When in reality, they just needed, and it was just marginal. Right. Marginally lower. Right, right. You know, but if I didn't have that outside perspective, the coaching would have never happened. Yeah. But if I, 
again, and so many great things with training, I, they evolved organically over time when I was young that things were working really well. And it wasn't until I started consuming more media right. that it got pulled to different things. I started doing some things that were probably more detrimental than not. Right. You know, some people need a lot more work. I, it's probably a blessing that I need less mm -hmm. to get better. But everybody's different. But I thought, okay, well, maybe I, be get, I could be getting more out of this if I was doing more. Right. And that sort of started this downward spiral. But all this, you know, social media and, and being so connected, I don't think it's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's like a superpower that we have to learn how to control right. as a society and how we handle it. So as I'm listening to you, um, the word uh, distraction yeah. comes up and like, yeah. um, and just knowing yourself, knowing yourself and yeah. engaging in one process and not getting distracted by these rabbit right. holes and just you know, um, sticking with it, yeah. you know, and knowing that the result will come, maybe not instantly, right. but you have to, yeah. you have to engage in some sort of system that works for you. Yeah. Maybe it's not Joe, Susie's or Bob's system, right. but it's one that you know, that's good for right now. And Absolutely. then three weeks later, yeah. maybe that's when I'll reevaluate whether right. it's diet, whether it's, that's you know, really difficult or... on your own too. On your totally. Own because yes. e and and strength is not as emotional as an aesthetic journey. Right. But it's still emotional because you get caught up in your numbers right, and you right, want to right. be better. Right. Um, and we just don't think very clearly. Right, right, right. <laughs> we just don't think very clearly on our own behalf right. until you've been doing this for so long. Right. Or you know, one of the things that benefited me was it being a lower priority, so right. I could be less emotional about it. It's like, yeah, right. I'd like to get better, but you know, I got. You know, my wife and I have Luke and right. I have my own athletes right. who I could be less attached to their own numbers and right. more attached to their long-term progress. Right. Um, but yeah, it's it's very hard to be sensible. And like I said, it could be marginal. Right. It could even be marginal. Uh, but you know, me, even as your coach, it was still a process. There were things that would have been intuitive. You know, most women... And even most women, that's 60%, it's still right, like right. 40%, need very high volume training relative sure. to men due to different reasons, you know. Um, but you buck that trend, and as does one of my clients, Bridget. The person I have with the highest volume of training right now is almost a super heavyweight man who should be on the opposite end of the spectrum. Sure, sure. But over time, if you're paying attention and you're not listening to all these distractions, you'll get to the outcome, right. you know. And if you listen to your coach. And if you listen to your coach. Yeah, yeah. And if you give your coach, you know, all the feedback you possibly can right. and all the information, I can make a really good decision on your behalf or at least a better decision. Right. I think in the first, because I'm going in, I'm going into my second year yeah. of powerlifting. Yeah. And um, I think that, you know, ignorance is bliss yeah. is kind of how, and that's how it was for me in bodybuilding. I did right. a lot of crazy shit with bodybuilding. It's crazy what you can it's, do when yeah. you're super young. Yes. And it's like, we all have these stories of being just doing dumb shit, really, really <laughs> dumb shit and making progress. And right. part of that is, is the psychological, right. you know, uh, avenue of that, of, of one, just being blissfully ignorant. Um, to think, but having the belief that you could just bounce back from right. everything too. Right. You know? And, um, yeah, in the first year and we, yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know if you, I fucking squatted on a fucking box. That's <laughs> yeah. crazy shit. I know. And Some so, of those progress videos of squat are like, oh right. shit, this is astronomical. And, yeah. uh, I mean, th and through, um, you know, your guidance and encouragement, I was like, fuck dude. I, and I like what you said er earlier, low barrier. Yeah. And I've naturally, 
I took on weightlifting because yeah. it made me feel so powerful. Right. Um, and so over the last year, I've become hungrier. Yeah. <laughs> and then just recently, I think I admitted to you, I was yeah. like, I make a lot of fucking excuses. Yeah. I'm ready to take full responsibility for my actions. Right. And the moment I did that, I noticed everything, everything changed, changed because yeah. I was like, fuck. Yeah. It's all fucking me. It's fucking me. And, <laughs> and you know, it, it, that's that's kind of that's a huge underlying theme of powerlifting is in strength sports, right? All sports, but particularly strength sports, empowerment. Um, you know, because you're not alone in this, and and there are obviously it, it's just common sense. There are things that happen that are out of our control. Right, right, right. But right, having the mindset that everything's in your control is a very practical mindset. Yes, and something terrible could happen. You know, that's right, right, right. It's ninety-five percent out of my control. You know, but if there's five percent that I could have done differently, you feel differently about the situation. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it sucks to feel like a victim to circumstance all the time. It's yeah. not a good feeling. And it's something I try to preach over and over again, especially to our high school boys, Mm -hmm. that accountability is not this thing that, you know, old white men are beating down thrones and millennials like, you lazy ass piece of shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's not what it is. Right. It's saying, I have control over my outcome and my outcome is going to be my decision. Yes. And that's a that's a much different message than what right. kids, uh, than their connotation yeah, yeah, of yeah. accountability. Yeah, yeah. You know, but you're absolutely right that now that you mention it, that was a huge sort of turning point for you. Yeah. Things are different. Things are like this is the best prep you've ever had. Holler. Knock on wood. <laughs> I'm fairly superstitious <laughs> with yeah, sports. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, and I think uh, I think you make a good point. It's definitely like the the words holding yourself accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's to me, it's really meant to be. There's so many different ways that you can talk about this. Like, um, this, uh, my channel is about like spirituality too and and psychology. And I think, um, you could say the same thing within the same dimension of, um, or the school of thought, the law of attraction, you know, or creating your, your your own reality Mm -hmm. or working with the universal powers. I mean, however you want to say it, Mm -hmm. you know, no one can turn on that switch of internal locus of control but you. Right. You know, rather right. than, you know, looking outside in, mm-hmm. switching, you know, flipping the script. Right. It's like inside Absolutely. out. Yeah. Um, and I'll do a separate podcast on how I actually came to that because it actually yeah. was like this really deep healing that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was just, it was insane. But, yeah. I mean, I, I, I personally came from a very disempowered situation yeah. in my yeah. upbringing um, and I finally had that adult, you know, side of me really come to the surface and be like, fuck dude, we're not there anymore. Yeah. That's not happening anymore. Right. Now you get to choose whatever you want. So, right. Right. And yeah. make it happen. As long as you're, you know, yeah. not fluffy stuff, you know, as yeah. long as you work hard right. and you're consistent, right. you'll get what you want. Yeah. As long as that principle is something that you seriously take to heart. Cause, and you know, it's funny. I was thinking about accountability sure. yesterday. This is, and this wasn't a super new switch for me. I fell into powerlifting as a, the next thing to latch my identity on yeah, yeah. after football. It wasn't until later that I said, Hey, you know what? This is interesting. This sort of idea of accountability. Cause like I said, everything evolved organically. Right, right. Naturally, I had a lot of fast twitch muscle fibers. Mm-hmm. I 
I was short for a football player, so these leverages helped me out with powerlifting. Right. Naturally, I wanted to fucking sleep forever. You know? <laughs> and I wanted to be in a calorie surplus. <laughs> you know, these weren't conscious decisions. They were organic. And, that, and that's great, but some things for everybody aren't going to be organic. Right, right. And so learning, okay, I'm going to be accountable for these things, and this is actually a very pragmatic mindset. That was learned a bit later. Right. You know, and it was really important for me at a certain time and at some point in time, you know, God forbid anything happens physically, um, but powerlifting may not always be there, right, right. you know, or you, there might be a year that you have to take off from fitness or whatever right, right. and learning to extrapolate that you're still that same person that, yeah. you know, have, sure. having that injury, I was not the guy with the broken back. I thought I was, right. I thought I was the guy who was the fucked up back, right, right. you know, but learning to extrapolate these things and sort of. Use those same principles that make you a, a power lifter or a good athlete in anything. I am an accountable person. I am strong and resilient. I am these things. Nice. You are those things. Yeah. Those things help you be a better power right, lifter. Right, right, right. You aren't, a power lifter is not necessarily the identity. Yes, you know? yeah. So having those beliefs with or without whatever is yeah. happening externally. Yeah, definitely. It's, I started definitely. sports from such a young age that I learned these things, but I, they were, you know, tertiary. Like yeah. they were, I couldn't even really, I could not call upon them when right, I needed right. them. You right. know? So it's important that, you know, I, I think it's important. Adult sports are more important than ever, I think. Right. Youth sports are great. I have a three-year-old, you know, it's super important. Right, right. <laughs> I love sports. Um but for adults, they're they're equally important, you know. Um, having something in your life outside of family, friends, and work, something else, some sort of hobby that you can learn things from and develop good qualities that you can extrapolate elsewhere, right? And that you can still have those qualities with or without that thing are really important. Right. You know, that was far and away the most difficult experience of my life. You know, and right. I've been through family through deaths and whatnot was. Uh, was the identity crisis right. post football, and then to a lesser extent, right? Because I just had a rep at it. I was already right, experienced right, right, right. with it, uh, but with powerlifting, far and away, that was hard. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, gosh, you said something earlier, and I was—I had this awesome question in my head, like, <laughs> and um, yeah, I think it was something along the lines of like, because I know you do. Aaron also does general fitness. He's yeah. not just a powerlifting coach. Yeah. Um, and, um, I don't know what I was going to ask. It was something along the lines of like when someone's not motivated and how to motivate them. Man, it's hard. It's hard. Uh, like I mentioned early in the podcast, if, if I have to drive you to work hard, right, right. you're never going to be Ain't gonna work. great. Yeah. Yeah. You're ne it's never, you're never going to be great. Yeah. And that, and that, that doesn't mean life isn't static. We aren't this forever that right 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 change. exactly and that's one thing i've always uh prided myself on is this might not always be pretty you know right, right. my relationships might not always be great i've been with my wife 10 years yeah. you know i've had best friends for for over a decade right you know i might suck at things for a time i might suck at my job for a time right, right. but i'm really bad at quitting right and i figure if i wrestle hey. and fight with something for long enough i'm right. gonna figure it out exactly yeah 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 <laughs> you know so same goes if i have clients for long enough now, some fight's going to have to come in on their end. And right. there's the belief in sort of general fitness that, uh, okay, well, I paid my 500 bucks for training. Like, 
give me the results now. Like, that's not how it works. Right, you just right. bought into the game. Right, right. You're like at a poker table at Vegas. You just purchase into the game. you got to do right. the work now. Yeah, yeah. And it's easier with powerlift. I don't have any powerlifts that didn't make improvements somewhere. You know, even if they just learned lessons or improved body composition and their numbers didn't move due to various factors. Right. They learned something from it. And part of that is the immersion, being totally immersed in yeah. something. right. You know, versus somebody just sort of dipping their, their toe yeah, in and yeah. sometimes that's necessary i get it i can sympathize with these things just recently at, at the club we signed up luke's uh babysitter his former babysitter right you and, and you've been around long enough you know all the, the tales of woe <laughs> Luke. you know he's the most important thing in my life uh, he's amazing now he's three and he's got so much character and yeah quirks uh, but he was a very difficult yeah. infant, like insanely difficult. Yeah, yeah. Our first babysitter had babysat some of my best friends growing up and had babysat their kids. Yeah. She had been doing this for like 35 years. Uh-huh. And after three weeks, she ghosted us. She didn't call us back. <laughs> like my son <laughs> ran fucking through her. <laughs> Destroyed her willpower. Right. Stubborn, just like his father. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, we get this. My mother's friends, who they had worked together as nurses in pediatric oncology and bone marrow uh-huh. transplant, which is an emotionally horrifying place to be, right. but they loved it. Yeah. And she said, you know what? I'm starting in-home daycare. I'll watch Luke. And yeah. Luke was like one of her first kids. Wow. And she was amazing with him. Wow. So, you know, we love her to death. But she just joined the club, and I could, I was thinking, because I really wanted this to be perfect for her, because she was a really important person to us. Mm-hmm. Um but I think she's talking about getting over the uh, emotional hurdle, just getting into the gym. And right. it's like, I've been doing this for so long. I've been in sports so long. I've been lifting weights seriously year-round without break since I was like 13 years old. Right. So sometimes it's hard for me to connect back to what it feels like to being nervous to even enter the building. Right, you know right, I mean? right, right. So, so I understand why some people feel the need to just dip their toe in it. Sure, first, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so... Sometimes that is what it is, and you just need to be present long enough, and you need to be supportive and, you know, uh, provide a lot of affirmation and positivity to the experience. And knowing that, you know what, this might be a 20-year journey for them, and I might just be the first step. They might move away and go somewhere else and work on the train, but this will be a positive experience for them so they continue forward. None of this resonates with Sarai because she's used to the cantankerous old cranky coach. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you know my personality and yeah. you know, you don't, um, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's been, it's, it's been good. You, you have a way of keeping me in line. So <laughs> not always, and I have vocalized this, not always in agreement, but I feel like right. recently we've come more in alignment because yeah. actually one day it kind of clicked with me. Mm. I was like, anytime I would tell you something where I was like a behavior deviation, yeah. you give me shit. <laughs> But the moment that behavior lines up yeah. with what coach wants, yeah. it's a positive response. So I'm like, oh, yeah. just do what he says. <laughs> Submit. <laughs> Submit. Just stop trying to be in control of everything. Right. And like, I know it's a little that's deeper. The po- that's the positive aspect of having a coach. Right. Just you don't have to, to point yeah. and shoot. Right, right. You know, and, and I want you guys to keep your eyes open and to Obviously, learn the process yeah, for yourself at some point. You're not a cult leader, Aaron. Uh, <laughs> like I've been I've been coaching Antonio for mm-hmm. you know six years. And yeah, Antonio or Steven, they've been doing this for long enough that uh 
they could coach themselves. There's yeah. a benefit to still having a coach because yeah. I'll see some things with an unbiased, unemotional eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, I, and it's my job. I get paid to do it, so I study it a lot. So I should know it just as good or better than anybody. But right. they're at the point where they could do it themselves. Right. So I lean on them pretty heavily for their insight. You know, Antonio's going to a new strength block. We want to work on compensatory acceleration for him as right. well, just right. like we're doing for you. Right. Uh, for him, he's you know, pretty freakishly strong, so we need some accommodating resistance with big bands or chains. So something as simple as like, you know, bands or chains. Last prep, it was, uh, okay, Antonio's so strong, he can't go heavy in, in squats or right. deadlifts every week. So it was a, here's three potential patterns. Do you like pattern A, B, or C? Right. All three of them are viable. Right. Looking at it on paper, what does your gut tell you? Right. And he'll know. He'll right. know which one, you right. know? So that's where we like to get to the point of athlete. And Steven coaches people, you know. Yeah. Um, Antonio could do it if he wanted to. You know, they're smart enough because they picked up a lot along the way and they've gone through with their eyes open. Right. But it's always nice to have that unemotional the, eye. That support, and I, I rely yeah. on it too. Everybody relies on, on emotion. Yeah. You know, as a football coach and the defensive coordinator, I rely on our head coach and offensive coordinator. Like, man, am I fucking crazy right. for wanting to try this? Right, like, right. am I trying to make this thing work that's not going to work? Right. You know, so it's everywhere. It's important to have uh, good training partners, coaches, a supportive, you know, sort of environment somewhere. Right, you know? right. And if you don't have it, you got to go find it. And that's right. why I got a coach. Right, you know? exactly. Fitness was big in my family. My dad was not a power lifter. My right. mother certainly wasn't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think there's something about making that investment. Because I know you're, yeah, you, are, you're you, you are making an investment in somebody else. Technically, Huge. I, I air quote that. But you're, you're truly actually making an investment in yourself when yeah. you do that. So Interesting. I've coached people for free in the past. Sure. And you never, you don't get that same because they, right, right. they haven't put skin in the game. Right, right. You know, when you first start coaching, it's like, it's organic. Okay, yeah, sure, I'll coach you for free. Right. And then you tell them to do something. Like, oh, fuck. No, I want to do that. I'll do that. I'll do what I want to do. Right. Not what I need to do. Right. You know, so, but they don't know the difference. <laughs> they think what they want to do is what they need to do. Right. Same as football players. Same right, as right. general population. Same as the seven-year-old woman who wants to lose weight. Right, <laughs> right. So then they don't make progress. They don't listen to you because they don't have skin in the game. Right, if right. They put skin in the game, like, Fucking all right, I paid this loser. Let's see what yeah. he has to say. <laughs> Might as well see it. Right, right. And at least I have somebody to blame at the end of it. <laughs> right. So how do people get in contact with you if they want to sure. have you as their coach? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Aaron.dino, D-I-N-O, mm-hmm. uh, family nickname. Um, or you could reach me on my email, AaronDinoTraining at gmail.com or Perfect. Facebook or any of the normal social media. Yeah. And I will have all those links provided below. Um, is there anything else you wanted to cover before we end today? I wish I dropped a little bit more profanity, but I think that's good. That's that was okay. a lot of fun. Hey. Thank you for having me on. Of course. <laughs> cool. All right. And this has been the Multidimensional Journey. I will see you guys next time. Thank you so much for being on here, Aaron.